Good morning, Mount Hope. It is good to be with you today. And if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know that we are in the middle of this series that we are calling The Good Place, where we are talking about what the Bible says about what life will look like after we leave this earth. We have all sorts of pictures of what heaven might be like from movies and TV shows and books, but we are, we are slowing down and hitting the pause button here and saying, okay, what does God's word actually say about what life will be like uh, when we leave this world? And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, when we are with him. And we can come up with so many ideas from so many different sources, but it's good for us to slow down and ask what God actually says about it. And as we think about life after this earth and life in eternity, there's this one truth that we have to deal with. And the, the thing that we really have to deal with, that we don't like to deal with, is the reality of death. It's this very inconvenient thing that happens between this world and the next world. And there's something that the Bible says about death, uh, that if you go to a funeral in a church, you may hear... Or you might actually sing in a song on a Sunday morning, or if you stick around church long enough, you'll hear it preached from the pulpit. And it's, it's a saying that goes like this. In fact, it's right in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55. And if you want to take a moment and turn to 50, 1 Corinthians 15, that is where we are going to be uh, in our time together this morning. So in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, uh, the Apostle Paul says something that I wonder... Uh, for us, how much we actually believe it's true. He says these words. He says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And I think that while that's a great statement to hear, I think the problem that you and I have with that sometimes is, while that's a great statement to hear, and it's nice that the Bible says that, and it's great when we go to a funeral and people say it, the reality of our experience with death says something very different. The truth is, it feels like death is always victorious, isn't it? That death always wins. And it also is true that death always stings as well not something we look forward to. It's not something that we like. It, it stings. Do you remember when uh, you were young and you went to the doctor, you had to go to the dentist, and you knew that when you went, they were going to do something that was going to cause you some pain. Maybe you had to get a filling taken care of at the dentist, or you, it was time for your injections before you went back to school. And if you were like me, you looked at the adults that were around you. You looked to your parents, you looked to the doctor, you looked to the nurse, and you, you just had one question for them. How much is this going to hurt? How much is this going to sting? And every once in a while, I'd come across an adult that would look back at me and say, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This isn't going to hurt at all. And there was something in the back of my head that thought to myself, I bet they're lying to me just so I'll do what they want me to do. And then they'd take that needle and they'd put it in my mouth or in my leg or in my arm. And as I felt the pain of that injection happening, sure enough, I'd say, say it in my head, they lied to me. They lied to me just so I would do what they wanted me to do. And is, is that what Paul's doing here? Because... Paul says that death has no victory, and Paul says that death has no sting, and the preacher says it, and the song says it, but the reality is our experience says something different, doesn't it? 
the reality of what's going on in our world with, the, with this pandemic and the statistics, the number of people who are dying that continues to rise as each and every day. I mean, when we see those numbers and when we experience the reality of death, uh, it feels victorious. It, it stings, doesn't it? I was with two families this week uh, who had family members that the Lord called home, both of whom had attended our Belmont location of Mount Hope. And as I sat with those family members, uh, even though they were happy that their loved ones knew the Lord and walked with Him, uh, death still hurt. It still causes pain and sorrow. So what does Paul mean? Is Paul just saying something to, to get us to embrace something or get us to believe something that, that isn't necessarily true? What does he mean that, that death has no victory and death has no sting? Well, to understand that, To answer that question, we have to take a couple of moments together today and answer a question that at the very beginning may seem unrelated, but actually goes and speaks to what Paul is talking about in that verse. And the question that we need to deal with today is a question that I I have for you. Maybe you've actually thought about this. Uh, And it's going to sound maybe a little bit unrelated, but, but we'll see how it all fits together here. And here's my question for you. When, when you get to heaven, when I get to heaven, what are we going to look like? What are we going to look like? I mean, you hear that question and you probably say, well, if, if you're like me, you say, well, hopefully a little bit better than I look right now. But I mean, honestly, what are we going to, to look like? What are we going to, to be when we, are, when we are there? You see, Paul actually says, before we can deal with whether or not death has victory or death has sting, we actually have to deal with what are we going to look like Uh, when we are in eternity in God's presence. And there's actually two things that Paul says about what we're going to look like that are really important. We understand so we can get back to this idea of whether or not death has victory or whether or not death actually stings. And here's the two things that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I wish we had the time this morning to go through every verse here and talk about everything that Paul says, but we don't quite have time for that. So I'm going to read a couple of verses that are going to serve as a summary for us, and I encourage you to take time to work your way through this chapter. But the first thing that Paul says, it can be found in verses 21 and 22 of this chapter. Here's what he says, chapter 15, verses 21 and 22. This is Paul talking about what you and I are going to look like in eternity. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. What's Paul talking about there? Paul's actually dealing with this question of of what we're going to look like in heaven. And more specifically, whether or not you and I will have a body in heaven. And to answer that, Paul goes all the way back to the beginning where God created Adam and Eve. And he says, here's what happened. In the beginning, God created Adam. And he formed him out of the dust of the earth and he breathed life into him. And when that happened, God perfectly united within him and then within Eve, body and soul. That's how God created us to be, body and soul together. And you think about that. You think about how God made us. God made us body and soul together when the world was perfect and he called it very good. I think that that's why we're uneasy when the two are separated. 
We're uneasy when we're around a corpse because that is the body separated from the soul. We're also uneasy around the idea of a ghost or a spirit because that's the soul separated from a body. And the reality is it's right for us to feel uneasy in those situations because that's not the way that God created us at the very beginning when everything was perfect to be. He created us and formed us to be body and soul united together. But something happened, didn't it? Adam and Eve, they sinned. They walked away from God, and one of the consequences of that sin was that the body that God had given Adam, the body that God had formed out of the dust, that that body would die, and that that body would return to dust. Now, that's not the way God originally created it to be. That was a result of Adam's sin. And Paul says that because of Adam's action, and because of the reality that because of Adam's action, his body had to die, so we too, as a result of that action, our bodies die. But he says something else, doesn't he? He says but also through the work of Jesus Christ, through another man, all of us can experience resurrection from the dead. What does he mean by that? Well, if you think about Jesus' resurrection from the dead, there is a, a, a truth about his resurrection that, to be quite honest, I often find myself taking for granted. Something I don't often think about, but is true about Jesus' resurrection from the dead. You see, Jesus said he was going to be raised from the dead. And then he actually was raised from the dead. And Paul talks about this early on in chapter 15, that Jesus came and he lived on this earth and he died on a cross and three days later, he rose from the dead. And when Jesus walked out of that tomb on Sunday morning, think about this with me. When Jesus walked out of that tomb on Sunday morning, he didn't float out of that tomb. He wasn't a ghost. He didn't move through the stone to come out of that tomb like a spirit. The stone rolled away and he walked out of that tomb. Why? Because the resurrected Jesus had a body. The resurrected Jesus had a body. And then Jesus ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God, still with his resurrected body. Now, why is that significant? Because Paul says... Just as all of us experience the death of this body because of Adam's actions, so also, he says, we will experience resurrection through the work of Jesus Christ. And we ought to note that resurrection includes a body. So we ask this question, what are we going to look like in heaven? Well, uh, one of the things we can know for sure, and one of the things that Paul is telling us, is that in heaven, everybody who is there is going to have a body. That everybody who is there is going to have a body. And how do we know that? Because we are going to be like, Paul says, the resurrected Christ, who had a physical body perfectly united with his soul. But you might be asking, well, what, that, what is that body going to be look like? Or what is it going to be like? Is it going to be like the body I have here? And Paul tells us, very clearly, that it's going to be different, although our knowledge is limited. In fact, this is what he says, and we're going to use verse 49 of this chapter as a little summary of what Paul says. I encourage you to read the whole at some point. But in verse 49, he says this, Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's Adam, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, 
we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Just as we have borne Adam's body and that body dies, so also we will, bore, we will bear the image of the man of heaven. That is Jesus Christ, the one who raised again from the dead and had a perfected spiritual body. In fact, Paul goes on in these verses and he says this. He said, the body you have now is perishable, but one day you will receive one that is imperishable. The body you have now is weak, but you will receive one that is strong. The body you have now is physical, but you are going to receive one who that is spiritual. And this is what Paul says. Not only in heaven is everybody going to have a body, but we can be sure, even though we don't know all the details of what that body is going to be like, that the body you will have there is better than the body you will have here. Now, there's one other little detail I think that's important to talk about here. As we think about everything that God says about what life is going to be like in eternity. And, and that is that we don't necessarily receive this body. In fact, I don't believe we receive this body immediately after we die. That there is a period where uh, after we die and leave this earth, our spirit, our soul, is existing in eternity with God. So the Bible makes it clear that immediately when we die, our, our spirit goes and is with the Lord. You think about the thief on the cross who is being crucified next to Jesus, who says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. The, the apostle John, one of Jesus' disciples, he gets a glimpse of what is happening in God's presence right now in heaven. And in the, it's in the book of Revelation, and he sees everything that is going on right now. And it seems clear that when we leave this earth, that immediately our spirit, our soul, is with God in heaven. But there's also this moment, and you can read about it in Revelation chapter 21, you can read about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and other places, where Jesus comes and establishes his authority. And in that moment, he merges together a new heaven and a new earth so that what exists separately right now, earth and heaven, come together in a new way so that he establishes this new heaven and new earth. And he says in that moment, in Revelation chapter 21, you can read it, Behold, I am making all things new. And in that moment, not only are heaven and earth remade new, but our bodies are remade new. That all of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in his resurrection, that we are resurrected to have no longer have a perishable body or a mortal body or a weak body, but one that is glorious, Paul says, strong and immortal and spiritual. Now, why does that matter? How does that have anything to do with whether or not death has victory or death has sting? Well, quite simply, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if that never happened, Paul says in this chapter, you and I are we're kind of wasting our time. Because the whole idea is that Jesus conquered death. That the one thing that we can't 
can't do on our own, Jesus has done on our behalf. The one penalty of walking away from God, which is physical death and separation from him, that, that Jesus has taken that on in himself. And in conquering death, he has given us the opportunity to live in eternity with God. If Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, Paul says, if he didn't walk out of that tomb with that resurrected body, Paul says we, we need to find something else to do with our time. And if Jesus rose from the dead, and all that happens as a result of that is you and I exist for all eternity as just spirit, as just floating around somewhere in heaven with God for all eternity, all that does is minimize the sting of death, doesn't it? And you know what? Just think about this with, with me for a moment. I think this is where most Christians land. That that's what we think. And we've gotten that from movies and TV shows and books that people have written. That this is what we think happens. That, that we, we die here and we kind of float away up into the clouds. And then we, we exist there for all eternity with God. And if we're quite honest, that just doesn't sound as good as what we have here. That's why we want to preserve life. That's why for many of us as Christians, the thing we don't talk about often is that when we experience death, it is absolutely devastating. And when it is our turn for God to call us home, we worry that it's going to be painful and that it's going to be hurt, hurtful and it's going to be something that we do not want to experience despite what Paul says, despite what the preacher says. We, we are concerned that this is something that we are not going to want to experience because if all that happens is that we leave this earth and we just end up floating around out there for all eternity, all that happens is that death is minimized. But, if as Paul says, Jesus Christ has raised from the dead, and what that means is, is that when he reestablishes a new heaven and a new earth, that he also reestablishes us fully formed with a resurrected body and with our spirit, and we exist for all eternity the way God designed us to exist in the very beginning, then death loses its power over us because we come to re-exist in a perfect form the way God has designed us to be. And in that moment, death has completely lost its victory, and death has completely lost its sting. Here's how Paul says it. It starts in verse 50. Look how he ends this chapter. I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on the immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and when the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of, sin, of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, therefore, Mount Hope, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. In 2007, 
the New England Patriots won 18 football games in a row. It was unprecedented. No one had done it before. And they were celebrated as they went into the Super Bowl undefeated. All they had to do was win one more game and they would go down as the greatest team in NFL history. Well, some of you that uh, follow football and are football fans, you know what happened. And those of you who are transplants from New York, you're very happy in this moment. Those of, of you that are New Englanders are, are upset that I'm even bringing this up. But you know that the Patriots lost that game. That even though they had won 18 games previously, they went into that game and they lost that game and it changed everything. In many ways, it, it undid those 18 wins. They're not nearly as valuable, not nearly as celebrated as they would be if they had won all of their games. But the reality is they lost one and it ruined everything. Death has an unbelievable winning streak. It comes for us all, doesn't it? And we all lose to death. That's how it's been throughout all history. Except for one time. Jesus Christ came, lived on this earth, died on the cross, three days rose again, three days later rose again, and the reality of his resurrection means death has lost. And that one loss changes everything. And that loss means that if you follow Jesus Christ with your life, that you too will one day experience the resurrection of the dead. That even though your body dies here, that one day you will be raised again. That your, your, your mortal body will put on immortality and that you will exist perfect flesh, and soul together for all eternity in the new heaven and new earth that God has promised to create. And I don't know about you, but that is far more exciting to me than just floating around as a spirit in some place for all eternity. That God is creating a new heaven and a new earth existing in perfect unity where you and I will dwell exactly the way that God designed us to be in the beginning. So what does that matter? Well, right information about heaven ought to lead to right, right living on this earth. And Paul says this to you and to me. Listen, as we watch, as we live in a world where people are scared of death, as we live in a world where people are, are feeling the sting and the pain of death, here's the truth that we embrace as followers of Jesus. Jesus's victory over death, his big win, Jesus' victory is your victory. So live a victorious life. Jesus' victory is your victory. So you can live a victorious life. My prayer for you is that you will be able to live in hope, that you will be able to live in peace, and that you will be able to live a purposeful, bold, courageous life in Jesus Christ because of the reality that although we experience death here, Jesus' victory is our victory. Go, live a victorious life.